Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. In a survey done earlier this year, it was found that 61% of Americans invested in the stock market or are invested in the stock market. The stock market is a great way for people to expand on their wealth. However, some people struggle with knowing how much to invest, where to invest, etc. And that's where an investment firm comes in. They do the work for you. That seems great, right? It can be. Or it can be like our story today. Enter Eric Bartoli, the owner of the Cypress Fund, who invested people's money and was able to get them back 10% on their investment. Sounds great, right? Well, why are you talking about him? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I've recently actually been putting all of my money into boiled down bones and cartilage. Mm. Yeah. I've been putting all of my money into tacos and mozzarella sticks. The stock market? Mm. Mm. There we go. I just was showing that I was bad with my money. Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> Mine was a joke. <laughs> I didn't get it, though. Oh, So my it wasn't God. that funny. Oh, my. Well, I mean, it's not really the bar, is it, Nina? Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's super funny. Welcome back to this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I'm Kishan. And I'm Nina. And we should probably talk about something right up front, which is... uh, Yeah, we have big news, you guys. Something really important to talk to you about. Don't... What is that setup? It's really not that big. I I, I don't know what this is. This Uh, is when I tell you that... um, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You're starting a solo podcast. I am. You're leaving. You're gone. Um... No, it's about scheduling for the next little bit. Uh, as as those of us in America know, it's Thanksgiving next week. Woo-hoo! So uh, we're going to be taking the week off from actual episodes. We're going to release our Q&A that we had done uh, live on YouTube on all of our audio platforms next week. So if you didn't catch that, uh, you can catch it as a placeholder next week. Then we're going to come back for our season finale the week after that. And then uh, because of the way the holidays worked out, uh, instead of taking two weeks off in between seasons, this time we're going to take three weeks off. We're going to be back in the new year. So our last episode is going to be like... Funky and fresh. Well, funky at least. And so that what, that's going to put our last episode of the season like first week of December, I think. Yeah. And then three weeks off. And then, yeah, after the new year, we'll be back at you with season 14 of White Collars. Right? Oh, my God. 14. Uh, almost, almost there. Almost there. Our almost there to what? Almost enough seasons to drive. Oh, that's true. Almost. Very true. But yeah, so just wanted that up front so you guys know. Know what's going yeah, on. That, You're that, not like, oh my God, where did they go? The third week when you're jonesing for an episode, you're mm-hmm. like, did they finally quit? No. They missed the sound of my voice. Not yet. I'm no fucking quitter. Not this guy. I'm not no quitter. <laughs> you know who wasn't also not a quitter? 
Is it Eric Bertoli? It's Eric Bertoli. Let's get into it. So Eric Bertoli wanted to get rich and wanted to get rich quick. He started an investment firm in which people would give him money. They would invest it. And then, well, he would invest it. And then they would receive the money from their investments. He started his business ventures in Latin America because his wife was from a prominent family in Peru. He would get her family's friends to invest in his company. Cyprus Funds promised 10% on annual returns, like I said in the intro. And which that's a very high return on investment. Yeah, I think we've talked multiple times. Like the the average return, uh, the S&P 500 in the stock market is about 7%. Mm -hmm. So anything promising more than that is probably lying to you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not going to work. Things were going so well that Bartoli opened offices in Ecuador and Chile. He ended up collecting $15 million from Latin American investors. and But this was over the course of years. This wasn't right away. Bartoli would give them brokerage statements in which was showed them exactly what they were earning. And because of this, investors were seeing that they were making the 10% that they were promised. And they continued to give Bertoli more and more money. Man, I, I'd love to. I'd love to see that. It's just a number multiplied by point one, and then just the just the calculator return of that number. He's like, see, 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 I did it. I did it. That's ten percent. Don't argue with me, because it is. And they're like, oh my god. Bertoli was like, wow, this is really fun. I'm making a lot of money in Latin America, you know, that the Peruvians and Chile and Ecuador. But what would be cool is if I took my ventures to. America. And that's exactly what he does. Bertoli opens an office in Miami, Florida, which becomes the headquarters of the company. He starts selling um, or he starts going to investment seminars all over the Midwest to promote his business. Um, while he's doing this, Bertoli expresses that he wants to move to a quiet town. And, and for many reasons, we'll figure out the main one in a little oh, bit. Oh, what? He didn't like Miami? He so couldn't handle all the BBLs. I'm about to say, maybe he's just not young and hot enough. Mm -hmm. That's a young, hot person mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. If you're not young and hot, get the hell out of there. What are you doing? Go to Raleigh, North Carolina, man. I'll tell you what, though. Not everybody on that beach at Christmas is young and hot. You say on Christmas? Yeah. You went to the Miami beach on Christmas? I did two years ago. Okay. My best friend and I went to Miami for Christmas. A bunch of people wearing Speedos with Santa hats on them. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And they were fat. That's what I do. Yeah. It's perfect. I think you were there, actually. Oh, I was really hoping you didn't see me. No, too late. I, oh, well. I was double fisting pina coladas. Oh, was that their names? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bertoli goes to an investment seminar in Chicago, and he meets an insurance salesman and some accountants who tell him about the wonderful land of Doylestown, Ohio. Oh, man. Which is not far from where I grew up. That's actually, I don't know if you know this, uh, Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. And then Doylestown, Ohio was a very close second. It was, it was, so, you know, they also have mice that talk. Oh yeah. And, 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 they say, and, Give an, incestual, money. <laughs> and an incestual, an incestual group that all fuck each other. Just like Disney world. Yeah. That one I really believe. I think that just is Ohio, right? Yeah. Honestly. Just like that's. Yeah. yeah. We all fuck each other. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're my cousin? 
Not tonight. Oh, you're actually too distantly related. Actually. Oh, actually. You're, oh, you're my fourth oh, wow. cousin. Sorry, I only sleep oh, with wow. my third cousin or younger. I just don't know you very well. You know, <laughs> just, we don't feel. Cl- it doesn't feel close. Yeah. We don't feel like family. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you just don't get me. <laughs> Bertoli decided to move to Doylestown, and he makes so he moves to Doylestown. Sets up his headquarters there in 1996 and makes the three men that he meets at the seminar co-directors of the Cypress Fund. Bartoli stayed under the radar upon moving to Doylestown until he started buying up the town. In the first three months of living in Doylestown, Bertoli bought up three storefronts, a Victorian mansion, and a family farm. It's probably all that's there. What the hell? No, honestly, it's not a very big place. I don't know what the population is exactly, but it's it's not a very big town whatsoever. It's probably like 15 people and five teeth. <laughs> well, there's five teeth between, yeah. That's what I'm saying. People. Now I'm curious. I wonder what the population size is. 3,000. So basically. Yeah. Yeah. Only 3,000 people in Doylestown. And although property is still relatively inexpensive now, this was in 1996, so it was even cheaper. Mm -hmm. But to this day, property is still relatively inexpensive in Ohio. So, but that is still a lot to buy up in about three months. And in an Ohio newspaper, it was also stated that Bertoli owned a sheep farm when he lived in Ohio that had over 2,000 sheep on it and would spend over and would spend over a million dollars at local businesses caring for the sheep. Now, all of these sheep were not on the same farm and each farm was put under a different corporate name. Is this is this fucking like sheep fraud is that what we're about to talk about right now so i don't talk about it a whole lot in the episode because i wasn't able well actually i don't really talk about it in the episode because i wasn't able to find out a lot of information on it but he did have a lot of shell companies and i do think that like he used the sheep farm as a shell company as shell companies at one point okay with with how much we were just starting getting into sheep i was like is this a sheep centric sorry this is not an a sheep Uh, episode i would not do that to you i would have been bad damn it that was my next one (laughs) you gotta be quicker than that man just the sheer force of this episode is good yeah it's a good one he tricked so many people he really pulled the wool over their eyes actually later you might find out that he's on the lamb whoa yeah nice yeah nice uh i'd say more but i'm starting to get sheepish (laughs) 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 you heard yeah yeah you're busting my pork chops. I mean, my lamb chops. <laughs> you busted my pork chops. I got to, and I ruined my own thing. <laughs> I ruined it. So sheep were not the only thing that Bertoli invested into in Doylestown. The Bertolis also opened a cafe called Uncle Guido's. Wait, what? He it's... opened a cafe and called it Uncle Guido's. Uncle Guido's in the middle of Doylestown, Ohio? Yeah. You got to play to your audience, man. What yeah. are you doing? Oh, no. They really didn't play to their audience <laughs> because he, uncle, he opened Uncle Guido's as well as a high-end furniture store in downtown, which is more like a street. Honestly, there's no like real downtown. And it was a super fancy store that was actually out of place because of how expensive everything was. There was a coffee table in there that cost about $5,000 and also a wall hanging that cost $8,000. What the hell? Like Doylestown isn't like, I wouldn't describe it as like a poor area, but they're not like that. I better say, well, there was a Victorian mansion there. So Mm -hmm. I guess some of the people got to be mildly affluent i don't know so they have a lot of historical buildings there 
Oh, okay. yeah. So like back in the day, these people built these mansions. Oh, okay. And they're still around. Okay. I would say everybody is like middle class. Most people in Doylestown are like middle class or upper, upper middle class from what I know of it. So not $5,000 table class though. No, is what you're saying. no. Yeah. Especially in 1996. Like better than Walmart, like mainstays furniture, but like. Not oh yeah. Good. They're definitely like going to Target. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe Wayfair. Ooh, Wayfair? Yeah. Ikea? Depending. Depending. There's some nice stuff in Ikea. Depending. Yeah, there is actually. So people obviously questioned how he could afford all this, and Bertoli told them about his investment firm and how it could bring change to the entire town. He would also use local contractors to renovate his home and businesses, which really bought him a lot of favor in the town. Mm-hmm. Was because he just, you know, he was pouring into the town and it was said that he would he was like kind of an annoying um client in a lot of ways because they would renovate something and he'd be like oh i don't really like it but he was nice about it and then would pay them in cash so everybody was like all right you're cool you're annoying but you're cool so um bertoli used his co-director clients while when he moved there when he okay so when bertoli moved to doylestown he had his co-directors. He would use their current clients for more business to invest in the investment firm. And at his property, it was also noted that he built a beautiful barn in which he named the Party Barn. And he also built an Irish pub on the property and would invite locals in Doylestown to come party. Some of them were the same ones who helped to renovate his properties. It does sound kind of fun. I'm not going to Oh, my lie. God. Oh, yeah. Man. No, you should have seen this pub. It was like super legit. It was really cool. It's in the party barn? It was out. No, it was a separate building. So he's got the party barn and the pub on his property? Yeah. Yeah. That's. And the party barn was like really nice. It had chandeliers in it. It was beautiful. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. This guy sucks probably, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like in the moment that was a lot of fucking fun. I mean, I would go to the party barn. I've had parties in a barn. And it's probably filled with, like, sheep with, like, sunglasses and gold chains on. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Absolutely. They're, like, ripping lines off off of hay piles. That sounds, ah, it sounds so great. It's, it's like, just like a hoedown throwdown, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the parties, Bertoli would tell people about his investment firm and that, and, you know, there he was, living proof that his firm was successful. So people believed him and trusted him. The Cypress Fund seemed like a dream come true for many people in the town, including the Hollinger family, who owned their own tree-cutting business. Their business was doing so well that they decided to invest their money. They chose the Cypress Fund, and then they would invest a couple thousand dollars every time they decided to make an investment. Now, Terry Hollinger, the father and husband, did tell Bertoli that if he ever screwed him over, that he would come after him because he was only investing this money to take care of his family. Unfortunately, Terry Hollinger died in a work-related accident. When he died, his life insurance policy paid out $200,000. The account, the account, the couple's accountant advised his wife to invest all of the money, and she put the entirety of the $200,000 of the life insurance money into the Cypress Fund. No way that goes wrong. No. No way. This is going to nope, be a sound investment. that is going to work I out great. Um, I'm actually not sure if the advisor told her to invest it all into one place. That's 
that like that's really, what she did. That sounds like really bad investment advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you, I, I don't know much, but I know that you never invest all of your money into one place. We know that it's a bad idea. Buy a bad idea. Not good. Not good. In three years, Bertoli signed up 600 investors in Ohio alone, many of whom had just, sorry, I keep burping. In three years, Bertoli signed up 600 investors in Ohio alone, many of whom had just retired. That's a fifth of the town. Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. The mayor, everybody loved Bertoli. He seemed like this great guy, but the mayor of the town was actually suspicious of Bertoli and asked the sheriff to run a background check on him. When the sheriff did, they found nothing. The mayor also went to the county prosecutor as well as the FBI, and they also found nothing on him. The mayor was suspicious of him for a couple different reasons, like... One of them being that he was buying up so much of the town. Another thing was when he heard about the investments, the mayor was like, I think the mayor actually knew a little bit more about investments than most people in the town did. And he was like, that's like a really high return on investment. Yeah, that that's, a, that's a red flag. Yeah. Like, if you know anything, that's a red flag. Yeah, that was basically what the mayor was saying. He was like, this is like, this is just, something's not right about this. And um, like... He also just thought it was strange because, like, his wife had this super high-end furniture store that nobody sold. Like, no one bought anything out of the furniture store. And he was just like, this is super out of place. And, like... Front for the mafia. Yeah. It, like, all those rug stores. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. And he was like, this is just weird. And so, I think he had... I mean, he had good reason to have suspicion. And you'll find out more in a little bit of, you know... Yeah, he's right. By 1999, Bertoli had raised $60 million from investors. This includes the U.S. and Latin America. Cypress started selling, putting out CDs as well as just doing regular investment stuff. Um, they would promise 10 to 14% on CDs. Oh, which this is, is certificate of deposits. Yeah. Okay. Not I, like, I thought they you weren't meant, dropping I, a mixtape. That's what I thought they're you meant. They're not RazzleCon. Like, I was like, what the hell is this? They're just dry, yeah, they're just out there like those people selling mixtapes outside yeah. of public bathrooms. And no. you're like, no, man, I don't want it. And then you're like, I don't have any cash. And they're like, I take Venmo. And you're like, fuck, fuck, man. You're like, I'm poor. That's what I should say. I don't want your time. shitty music. You're like, I'm poor. I don't have any money. I'm going to fucking cry in the bathroom right now. I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. I'm going to poop and cry at the same time. Hey, that's multitasking. I don't think I've ever done that. Not yet. Not yet. New goal. That's, that's 40s activity for sure. Oh, damn. Yeah. I got 10 more years. Yeah. All right. Um, in 1999, you know, they just put out these CDs and that sounded really good. But in 1999, Cypress checks started bouncing and many investors stopped getting checks altogether. Um, when the checks started bouncing and people stopped getting checks, this first started in Latin America. And then once uh, he, you know, the money really started running out, then people in America started not getting their checks as well. This is when the SEC starts to get involved because people are obviously complaining. Once looking at the documents, it became clear to the SEC that this was a Ponzi scheme. All the statements that were being sent to investors were fabricated. Not any of them were true. 
By the summer of 1999, Bertoli had stolen $65 million from all of his investors. Only $4 million of that had been traded in stock. All the other money was used to pay off other investors or it went straight into his own bank account. I'm surprised he bought any stock. I actually was, I was surprised too, which makes me almost think that he tried to do it the right way at first. And then he was just so bad at it because he lost the 4 million. He didn't, wasn't successful. He wasn't good at trading stock. So it makes me wonder if he was like trying to be legit at first. And then he was like, I'm bad at this. But then he had just like already kind of gotten in over his head and then started the Ponzi scheme. However, he knew what he was doing. He just, he knew that it was a Ponzi scheme, yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was defrauding, like that he was... um well, I don't, I don't think you can inadvertently run a Ponzi scheme. No, absolutely I, it, not. It's not like corporate fraud where we talk about like some people where they're just like, oh, just just do it this way. But there's a bunch of red tape in between it and, and like and like complex accounting principles. This is literally just like I got all this money for something and I'm just going to use it for my own stuff. It's, yeah. It's really blatant. Yeah. And, you know, a big reason why he went to Doylestown in the first place and like used people like got people he knew to invest was because he wanted to be he wanted people who trusted him to invest in him like that's why he went to that small town that's why he opened up those um stores and invited people over to his house and used the local contractors it was all to gain people's trust so that they would invest and he could steal their money that's another thing i'm leery about just giving money to anyone i know Mm mm-hmm you know, that just, it, it would it would give me the ick. I don't know if it's because of how many of these episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if someone was just like, yeah, I get this much money back on people's returns, like on the investments, like, do you want to invest? I'd be like, no. Yeah. I'd rather go to fucking a bank, even though they're evil, but at least they can't be lying to everybody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, once the checks started bouncing, Bertoli could smell trouble and he skipped town before his offices were searched left all of his sheep no 2,000 little sheep and they have a cocaine <coughs> addiction what are they gonna do mm-hmm. the sec shuts down and freezes the funds for the cypress fund um when searching his accounts authorities only found one million dollars so where was all the other money uh it's in the party barn dude. it's in what the party barn <laughs> When Bertoli skipped town, there was a town hall meeting with investors in Doylestown to update them on what was going on. About 800 people showed up to the town hall meeting and they were told that their savings had been stolen. It was said that people wept in the hall and many were forced to declare bankruptcy, which is really horrible. And like, it's really sad when, because I think a lot of people just don't know. They're not well enough educated, but like, this is always what like gets me is like the like so many of these people this was their retirement this was what they were going to live on for the rest of their lives now was it really dumb that they invested it all in one company yeah and just a friend yeah yeah however it's still wrong and gross yeah well it's just wrong and gross to be like yeah i'm totally fine stealing your life's work and, like, I'm going to go build a party barn with it. Well, I think the other really big thing, though, too, is that, like, when you make an investment and there's risk associated with it, that's one thing. But then it's another thing to just 
completely get lied to. Yeah. Like, there was never an opportunity here. It, w- it was a complete lie. Mm-hmm. Where if you make a risky investment in, like, a startup company, like, and it doesn't work out, like, that was just an inherent risk. But it, but the company existed, right? Yeah. But I, I think that's the difference. Yeah. The FBI ended up opening a criminal investigation on Bertoli. SEC attorney Teresa Vergas convinces the court that she needs Bertoli to surrender his passport because she believes that he is a flight risk. Um, Bertoli ignored this and a judge rules him in contempt. Um, Bartoli starts hopping around from state to state at this point, And at one point he completely disappears and nobody can find him. Authorities actually, this was really smart. And I was like, damn. I never thought of this before, but the authorities actually contacted his children's school to find out where their transcripts had been sent when they moved. And they figured if they could find Bertoli's kids, they'd be able to find Bertoli. Oh shit, he's got kids? Nah, he should have left them. If you're going to run a Ponzi scheme, you can't have ties. All right? Those kids aren't your kids anymore. That wife, she's not your wife. You are a lone wolf now. What are you talking about? That old hag. Leave. I've never seen those kids before in my life, sir. Well, they found out where his children were attending school and they were in New Hampshire. And when going to the small town in New Hampshire that the Bertolis had moved to, now some time had passed between this, it was clear that history was repeating itself. His wife even had a small expensive furniture store in the town, just like they did when they were living in Doylestown. What a shitty passion to have. I know. To open a different store. It just doesn't even make sense. Or are you like, I just really want to sell end tables like what the fuck is wrong with you no i i think it was a way for them to just flash their wealth and she thought it was fun i don't know i guess i don't know um so a judge in florida then so the authorities there's a lot of different authorities authorities that were involved in this so they convince a judge in florida um to they uh, sorry they have a judge in florida and he issues an order to seize Bertoli's assets and also arrest Bertoli. Now, the reason this judge is in Florida is because they still have an office in Miami. This is So the judge issues this, but they only have 24 hours to arrest Bertoli, um, which doesn't make any sense, but it's what happened. So they, fa- they get him, they arrest him. When Bertoli was arrested, his home was searched. And authorities had hoped that they would be able to find the millions of dollars that were missing, but the home came up empty. Yeah, I I don't think he was just keeping it in cash. I think he spent it. I think he just spent it. I don't know why they thought they were going to find it. You know how much you know how much sheep cost? Uh, geez, sheep aren't cheap, actually. Sheep aren't cheap. No, you don't want a cheap sheep. You don't. No cheap sheep. Um, when- cheap sheep is not one that you want to keep. When brought before a judge in New Hampshire, things did take a turn. The New Hampshire judge felt as though the Florida judge had no jurisdiction and Bertoli is let go. Bertoli did have to give up his passport at this point. Well, at least they learned. On October 15th, 2003, the FBI indicts Bertoli on 10 counts of fraud. However, no one actually knows where Bertoli is. Bertoli becomes a fugitive. Bertoli's lawyer dropped him because he couldn't communicate with Bertoli, and it was clear that he had left the U.S. He had had a fake passport. Oh, man. Did he finally leave his kids? I don't. I actually don't know. I think they went with him. No. But I'm not sure. I'm not actually Uh. sure. Um, so at this point, it's like early, it's 2003. 
They have no idea where Eric Bertoli is until 2008, while the U.S. is having a recession and investors are hurting. There is a man in Peru who is making great money. His name is Enrico Orlandini. Hmm. Orlandini invests in mutual funds that invest in gold and silver. Orlandini was telling investors not to trust the American market and to put their money into something tangible like gold and silver. And at that time, the price of gold was going up, so it looked like he knew what he was talking about. The price of gold is one of the only things that goes up in a recession. Right. Because it's a physical thing. Yeah. But Orlandini wasn't a real person. It was Bertoli using a fake name. No way. Why did these all sound like uh, like knockoff Chef Boyardee? Because they are. <laughs> Fucking brands. They all are. Try a, try a Bertoli's spaghetti with meatballs. Oh, it's you don't like that? Use Orlandini. <laughs> Hate your kids? Give them Orlandini instead. <laughs> Half the price. Twice the sawdust. <laughs> 35 American investors invest $20 million with Orlandini through his website. And it looks like they were making a ton of money, but in all reality, they were not. Sometimes these investors were making as much as 50% back on their investment. Um, he invites one investor to visit his home in Lima, Peru. And it looks like he, so he is in Peru at this point. I don't remember if I mentioned that. Oh, okay. Did I mention that? He's in Peru. He's in Lima or near Lima. Um, that is where his wife is from. So they just like went back. Is to he him. originally from Peru as well? No, from he's what I'm American? No, he's American. He was born in Michigan, actually. Oh. I don't know how he met his wife, but she's from Peru. Huh. Mail order, but he went there. It was a mail order. Ooh, there we go. Mm -hmm. um, so this investor goes to his house and it looks like he's living the dream. He has a beautiful home with a full-time staff. And again, it's convincing that his investment firm is a great idea. However, this is literally so stupid. It's so stupid. When the investor went to visit, uh, they hear the people calling Orlandini, Eric instead of Enrico. Oh, yeah, you got to you got to keep up the lie even to your house staff, sir. Yep. 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 And at first the person was like, "Oh, like it might be a nickname," but then they heard a complete they heard Eric Bertoli while they were there and they were like, "This is not who I have been investing with." So the investor Googles Eric Bertoli and finds out the truth. The investor tried to get their money back, but the check never comes. They reach out to other investors and they figure out that they have been bamboozled and they report Bertoli to the SEC. An investor alert was issued by the SEC um, against Bertoli's company, but if the company changes their name at any point, it, uh, it's invalid at that time. Um, so this actually led Bertoli to be arrested and he was arrested while jogging in a park near Lima, Peru in 2013. He wasn't extradited right away because the Peruvian government wanted him, wanted to get him for money laundering. 
uh, Bertoli did end up being extradited to the United States in 2016. When brought back to the U.S., Bertoli claimed that he did not flee to Peru. He just moved there. And, quote, you can't flee if no one is looking for you. You were under order of a judge to yeah, stay literally, where you were at. Yeah, no, they were looking for you. They were looking for you. In 2016, Bertoli pleads guilty to eight counts, including conspiracy, securities fraud, sale of unregistered securities, and attempted income tax evasion. Attempt? How bad do you have to be to attempt income tax evasion? <laughs> you didn't actually do it. That's how bad you suck. Uh, Bertoli was sentenced to 20 years in prison in 2016, and he was ordered to pay $42.5 million in restitution. Judge John Adams, the president, the president, the second president of the United oh, States. Oh man, he must be old. Yeah, um, he he's you know John, our second president of the United States. John Adams is now doing law in Ohio because um, that's where he this all all of his court trials were in Ohio. Um, Judge John Adams is quoted saying, I've never seen someone who has harmed so many people in so many ways and has so little remorse. Not any shame, not an apology. There is no remorse. Bertoli appealed this from the get-go. He appealed the 20 years because it did seem like a lot. And a judge did agree uh, that the sentencing was a little harsh and he would be resentenced in 2020. I like how that judge was like, I've never seen someone who's hurt so many people without remorse. I'm like, you've never watched a Ted Bundy documentary? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's a little. That's a little bit of hyperbole. He's a, he's a dick, but never. Here's the thing, though. Did Ted Bundy kill 600 people? No, he only killed like five. It was so much more than five. How many was it? Like 80. Oh wow, he did what? Ted Bundy killed that many people? He killed like five girls in that like one fucking like sorority play. No, it was only three. Was it two? Two or three in that one sorority that, house, um, which was the last one that got him caught. I actually didn't know about that. I don't know a whole lot about Bundy. He took them to so many graves. So I think it's as I think I think the upper limit is probably around like seventy five or eighty or something. But I think it's at least like fifteen known or something. All right, that's fair. So um, Bertoli, uh, you know, he said, "I don't think this is fair. I need to be resentenced." A judge said, "Yeah, I will resentence you." However, from what I can find, he has not be, been resentenced yet. I'm sure that COVID like yeah, messed all of that up because I'm pretty sure that they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll resentence you early 2020," and then I, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was like a pandemic and what? like. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about it at all, but... Sorry, I, I was moving in between rocks that I lived under at the time, so yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, there was, like, a whole pandemic, and then, uh, like, um, the, like, capital got rushed, you okay. know, and I don't That's know. That's weird. There's, oh, and then there was, like, a bunch of, like, protests. As long as, long as you know what, as long as everyone from Friends is still alive, then I guess I'm going to be okay. I don't know how to tell you this. No. Uh, no. No one told you life was going to end this way. No. <laughs> Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Oh um, I'm not laughing on your grave. I'm just dancing <laughs> on it. Um, anyways, no, actually, that is sad. I, it's sad. Um, but when 
virtually when and if he gets resentenced, it is suggested that his sentence would be changed to seven and a half to 10 years in prison, along with the restitution. Um, one of his victims is quoted saying that, like, if he ever gets out, it'll be too soon. And OK, come on, man. It's a little I'm like, come on. It's really shitty. It is really shitty because, like, so many people that he screwed over, you know, they lost their entire life savings. They did die penniless and destitute. And like, that is sad. But like, realistically, these type of crimes don't get that much time. Also, we're also not saying here that white collar criminals should get life in prison. Mm -mm. Right. You know, like, that's not what we're saying. It's, it's just that it should be fair. I think, I think seven and a half to 10 years is probably fair. Mm hmm. Ten years is a long time in prison. It is. It's a long time in prison. Yeah, we should just put people who do not like victimless crimes in jail for less time, so yeah. it looks like similar. Yeah. But if we get any updates on that resentencing, we will let you know. Investing your money is all fun and games until someone uses your money for a Ponzi scheme. Eric Bertoli used his connections, trusting people, and his charm to swindle the people into investing in his firm. Although he was stealing people's entire life savings, Bertoli not only didn't care, but he squandered it, leaving his investors penniless, most of them dying before they'd ever receive any restitution. Bertoli's 20 years behind bars may seem steep, but in all reality, his victims still suffered much, much more. Thank you for uh, listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can check us out on social media. We are on Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. We are on Twitter at White Collars Pod. We are on Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. We are on TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. We are on YouTube at your mom's a whore. No, I'm just kidding. White no, collars, no, red that's hands. That's what it is. That's what it is now. That's what it is now. We changed it. That's probably already taken, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So mm. I wish I checked first, but I guess it's it's white collars, red hands. Guess it's white collars, red hands. We want that. Um, if you want some other ways to support the show, another great way is by leaving a rating. Um, we love a five star rating, but an honest rating is good as well. You can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Another great way to support us is by telling a friend. If you know somebody who's going on a long road trip or just, you know, likes to fall asleep to Kashan and I's sweet, sweet voices. Um, hey, 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 buddy. Hey, you having some sweet dreams in there? You having a wet dream now? Yeah, it's that you are now with um, this voice. Yeah, no. Oh, God. Kashan. It's me licking it. I, yeah, I can hear it. Um, <laughs> That's another great way to support us. Um, another way you can support us is if you hear an idea about, if you hear about a white collar crime and you're like, Nina and Kashan should cover that, send it on over to us. You can email us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com or you can DM us on one of our socials. Um, every year, every year, every season, we try to do at least one fan submitted episode and uh, yours could be next. What else? Some, oh, if you want an unfree way to support us, you know, there's a lot of holidays coming up. You can go buy some merch. Head on over to Tee Public, and you can get yourself a sweater uh, or your loved one a sweater, a mouse pad, pens, uh, stickers, you name it. They've got it. I think that's it. All right. 
And uh, we are taking next week off. Do not forget, you can listen to our Q&A. And uh, happy holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy that with your friends and family. And we will see you you in the next time on another episode of White Collars Red Red Hands. Hands.